You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Thursday, September 2nd. I'm your substitute host, Douglas Benia, filling in for the one and only Miguel. And in Miguel's absence, I'm officially declaring that fall is now upon us. That's right, the season of pumpkin spice everything is here. So cozy up and let's get to it. I bid you all a happy Labor Day weekend in advance. Amidst your barbecues, college football watching, and other merriment, I do hope you take a moment to reflect on the contributions of all those who are working hard. Two more quick notes. Don't forget to change your AD password. The clock really is ticking. And we also have the forthcoming cabinet conversation with Chancellor Pradeep Khoslaw, set for Tuesday, September 14th. Get registered and find all the details at staffassociation.ucsd.edu. And now, for our interview, let's get to know Gordon Hammond. This is Mark Herzberger. Today I'm joined by Gordon Hammond, Technical Project Management Supervisor. Gordon, welcome to the pod. How are you? Glad to be here, man. You you probably don't remember this, but uh, the first time I met you, as I recall, was late 2017, and you were uh, marooned slash stationed slash billeted at that UC 201 building, if I'm thinking of the right person. You had a, I saw like a bunch of maps and diagrams on your wall. It looked a uh, very interesting way above anything I could comprehend. So um, what are all those charts and, and more to the point, what's your role here and uh, what, what do you do for us at IT Services? Sir, I am the uh, project manager for the project managers in ITS, the planning department. Mm-hmm. We're responsible for managing the infrastructure projects that are going on on campus. They could be anywhere from a customer's request to add an extra outlet in their office to building a new campus, like I just got finished up with Notary Pines Living and Learning. Okay, so your work is, uh, and the team then is very, you know, hands on, on site, right? You're or you're helping uh, manage like installations and build and you know construction things, right? That end of it. That's correct, sir. We can um, be called in on like the large projects to manage the uh, installation of the infrastructure, which includes installing switches and wireless units in all the buildings and bringing them up to speed before anybody moves in. We also will help with uh, some special projects where they need some help doing things like the things we did over the summer to support COVID. So beyond that kind of description, what's a typical day like for you? A lot of emails, Mark. I come in in the morning. I tend to get up early. I start work at uh, six o'clock. That gives me about an hour to hour and a half of time to try and catch up on the multitude of emails and different threads that I'm trying to keep up with. I don't have to just keep up with my projects. I have to know a little bit about everybody's job and what they're up to. So when I get asked questions, and it's invariable that I will, I can help answer them. Okay. And how long have you been uh, in this role? And how long have you been at UC San Diego? They're almost the same number. (laughs) Mark, I started uh, December of 1999 as a project manager with telecommunications under Eddie Martin. 
And I am still a project manager. I've just moved up one level and now I'm managing the six project managers we have now in uh, ITS planning. The day rolls along uh, with me talking to contractors, uh, interfacing with our department, Datacom or INR, and uh, sometimes the wireless folks for either design or support on specific projects they're working on. What do you like most about your job? I liked my job before mine now more because I had more hands-on. I like to be out in the field solving problems. That's, that's what I do best. I solve problems, whether it's trying to put two people together to have the question and the answer or actually working through an issue in the field with a contractor. And aside from being subjected to hard-hitting interviews like this, what are some of the <laughs> challenging things of your position, Gordon? Budgets, manpower, hours. <laughs> Uh, the typical manager's issues. I, uh, I, I alluded to the fact that I've been doing this for 21 years. That's not exactly correct, sir. I've been doing this for about a year and a half being the manager of the department. And with becoming the manager, I assumed some responsibilities that I didn't think I would. You know, just uh, man a management of a budget, uh, putting in a projected budget, trying to um, keep everybody up to date, training and all that good stuff. So I'm seeing a bunch of new stuff that I didn't have before. I see. How do you think it's going a year and a year and so later? I'm treading water. <laughs> I think I think we're I think we're doing better now, Mark, than we were when I began. Uh, we ended up starting just before COVID. I think November of the year before COVID is when I uh, was given the supervisory position. Mm -hmm. At that time, Joy Gaikuyu was uh, recalled to the Navy, and he was uh, okay. stationed in. Bahrain, and he was gone for almost a year. So we started in the hole and then COVID hit. So it was a rather tough duration. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up the COVID. Everybody's been dealing with that. Um, what, what have been the impacts of the COVID situation on uh, the way, the ways and the how uh, that your team does its work? It's been interesting. Uh, at first, we were sent home like everyone else, March 19th. I circled the day on the calendar when we went home. Uh, but we were called back very shortly because our work is required for other people, um, other people that uh, didn't have the same privilege as we do as mm -hmm. to be off work. Anyway, so we started working again. And um, at first, it was real rocky. Um, we tried to figure out how to be there on and off, sometimes you know, two days off, three days, that kind of thing, just so somebody was in the office to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. That didn't work very well. And finally, they needed us to come back almost full time. So we've actually been back probably mostly full time since the, uh, the May, since May. But after we finally got comfortable with being around, now we've kind of uh, backed down a little bit. and Everyone takes a day or so works from home now because we can do a lot of our work from home, but not the site visits. Well, speaking of site visits, I went over to campus the other day. And uh, there's a ton of uh, holes being built and other builds, buildings just rising up. Um, so what is your involvement in all that new construction going on? My department oversees the design as it moves forward with the uh, telecommunication system of all the data outlets, all the wireless outlets, any building network uh, devices that need to be on the network like lighting control panels. Some of the electrical meters are now on, on the regular network. And we babysit the job from beginning to end, do site visits. Well, before site visits, we check drawings. And then after the drawings become buildings, we 
check the installations as they're going on, call out deficiencies or uh, code violations or things like that, and then accept it into um, being in reality, if you will, being a real building. And then we install electronics and uh, try and turn over the building. There's a big phase of hooking up all the stuff. And when I say all the stuff, I'm like I meant uh, lighting controls, wireless, things like that. I'll give you a figure. Mm -hmm. In North Torrey Pines Living and Learning, which is six buildings that vary from 12 to 14 stories tall, except for the auditorium, which is just two stories. We connected 2,000 network devices before a person moved into the buildings. And if you know. divide that up. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's a network device? Do you mean like a phone or a computer or a? No, it was none of that. Oh. This was like lighting control panels and security panels and oh, okay. um, cameras for um, monitoring parking and uh, the, the blue light phones and right. emergency phones at the elevators and the elevator phones and uh, one other that I'm forgetting. And, but, oh, the EV parking meters, you know, um, they charge you for your stuff. You still have to get hooked up to the network somehow to get that charge. Lots of stuff, man. TVs. Most of the TVs now are all network. And what other work have you and the team performed uh, during the, the age of COVID, let's call okay. it? We worked, there was basically four big jobs that happened. The first one we weren't as, as involved in as INR was, but if you ask collectively about us, then INR was involved heavily in uh, the first phase, which was making sure that the classrooms were ready for remote broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And that included basically ETS and INR doing some extra cameras and extra microphones. The next big push was uh, ResNet Wireless. In our department with Datacom and Wireless and INR and planning, we installed about 1,100 AP more, APs more than were already deployed in the residences. Then the... Uh, two fairly large white tents or three fairly large white tents and all the little ancillary ones that you see that have outdoor teaching facilities. We got involved in those and uh, managing the installation of both the AV and the uh, telecommunications for those buildings or those tents. And then the last few things that we've been doing is there's uh, the COVID vending machines that we're installing. Mm -hmm. And they're going in, I don't know, 12, 12 places across campus where the students can come and get a uh, test kit if they want one or uh, masks. Okay, so here's a question. I'll probably answer or probably uh, phrase it really bad, but I, I would assume that anything like under construction now would have been like planned well in advance of COVID. But then what what do you, and, and it would feel kind of like a pre-COVID building, I'm assuming. And then, but what do you think like uh, your like all of these network devices and so forth will be like post COVID if, if, if it turns out that people aren't going in to work on site as often and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's a really good question, Mark. Let me, let me, let me try and um, divvy up the question a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can see that I actually have the opinion that we're going to get it again, to be honest with you. Yeah. The wireless units are installed for many reasons. The wireless are for the students, the wireless are for the, teachers, the wireless are for the janitors and things like that. Those will still get used no matter what. There'll just be less use. The building units like uh, a lighting control panel or a security panel are still going to be used. 
they're still going to be operated by maintenance folks or INR and uh, my team going in and uh, looking at stuff. We're still getting we're still getting all kinds of requests for modifications in the buildings during COVID. In fact, I'd say we've had more during COVID than we had uh, pre-COVID. I don't see us not using the information, the stuff that we're putting in. In fact, I see it becoming more and more. I'll, I'll, I'll touch that when we get to the future stuff. Yeah, let's go there. What's on the roadmap for okay. you and the team? I, and none of this stuff is totally me, but I'm involved in it somehow, some way, whatever. Uh, there was a pro uh, professor and the engineering department who had an idea to produce a prototype building that would allow them finite, more finite control of lighting, heating, air conditioning, and things like that by putting in some new monitoring systems uh, in different places in the building. The original, draw, the original plan was to phase things in over a couple of years and just uh, try it out and see how it works and get the students involved and you know that kind of stuff. Somewhere along the way, somebody gave them some money. And I only just saw this in the engineering news that comes out. They, pro they provided them a grant that will create a department in 2025 that will look into this exact stuff we're talking about. So instead of it being a prototype and going into three or four buildings, it turned on all the way. And I've got probably 12 buildings to do as an, as an example, anywhere from 15 to 100 different data points to install for this, uh, for this testing or this prototyping that they're doing. It's interesting to be in this. You got more time for this? Yeah. Okay. I was able to work with a, a professor, a new PI, and uh, this new PI was work is, and this has probably been in the science one or something like that. This new PI is working on a 3D laser driven microscope that can see inside you without any, um, not x-rays and things like that. And it actually can see 3D images inside you, not flat 3D, but like little movies, three-dimensional. And this gentleman is working on the third in the country microscopes that do this work. And uh, I got to help him get his network up and working so, his, he, so he could do his research on his machine. So we touched a lot of different stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, um, I feel like that, those projects are direct line of working at UC San Diego due to the, you know, lots of research going on, right? Actually, you're absolutely correct. I mean, another example is uh, a penguin enclosure they're adding down at the uh, aquarium. So <laughs> all kinds of stuff come our way. <laughs> you got you got to you can't just dangle that. Tell us more about the penguin <laughs> enclosure. They have uh, they already have some penguins down there. I didn't know this, and uh, mm -hmm. one of the contractors told me they'd seen them. They always have some penguin, uh, penguins down there. I've forgotten their name. It'd take me too long to find the name, like uh, little brown penguins or something like that. And they're building an enclosure that will be behind the restrooms and the education department at the uh, Birch Quarry. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's not going to be great big, but it's going to be very similar to what you see at SeaWorld, that exterior one at SeaWorld except the scale won't be quite so big. But what's, what's the security SIO is, lighting that they need that you would help with? So SIO is doing the, um, well, first off, they're probably training and all that kind of good stuff, but they're also doing the uh, observations of the penguins and they're probably trying to draw conclusions from that. Okay, there's mechanical 
systems that have to run. They have to do certain things at certain times. So example, like a seawater pump has to put new seawater into this space and not. Now that's that's a network device that probably runs over a Johnson Control network, which lives on the UCSD network, which can be monitored by the central plant. Okay. I'm just drawing conclusions there. I'm not sure that's what they're going to be doing, but that would be an example. Okay, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, why don't we wind down, if you don't mind letting us know, you know, who's in your family? What do you all like doing together? Things like that. Okay, let's see. I have three children. I have a daughter that lives in Pennsylvania. And uh, Christina's her name. I have a daughter, Brittany, who just moved out of the house. She's 32. And my son still lives with me. He's 30. What do we do together? Not much. <laughs> pretty much on their own. We would go to SeaWorld and Disneyland and stuff like that. They've gotten a little too old for that. And so have I. So I'm a pretty much a pretty much a homebody. I take care of the house and you wonder what I'm doing. I've got my drums and I've got my records, which I collect. And I've got my um, hot rod. I've got a 1974 all right, the records first. What's what okay. is the, what's the nature or the theme of the collection? It'll sound very very simplistic, but um, I had a fair sized collection of records when I was uh, earlier on in my life, and I lost them. And I started putting back together when when I wanted something that I didn't have anymore. I started putting back together a small collection. I collected a stereo. I've got a regular old Kenwood stereo with some big speakers. Some Infinities, and I just love rocking out, man. <laughs> okay, so what what genre of music is your flavor? I run the gambit, but the most of it is um, we call it long hair rock or uh, glam rock. All right. ACDC, you know, guys like that, Scorpions, Foreigner, Aerosmith, those along those lines. And you said it. You say it was a seventy-four or seventy-six Javelin. Seventy-four, sir. It's the last year they made they made one. It's an AMC American Motors car. There's not yes. many of them around in our area right here. I know of only three in our area here in San Diego. Oh, three javelins. Three of the the same year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that year. So you call it a hot rod. I mean, to describe this motor. Describe the car for us. And uh, have you done some restoration work and that kind of thing? Yeah, I'm trying to keep it together. It's kind of hard um, right now. It's at the shop. It's getting the front end rebuilt because. It's just uh, old and I've replaced parts, but not all of it. So this is a full front end rebuild from one side to the other. It's a bright yellow with a black vinyl top and a black stripe on the hood. And it's got some uh, period correct rims. It's not, not craters or anything like that. Black interior, it's, uh, it's been to a few shows with me. I've actually won an award at the Pontiac show, which surprised the, surprised the heck out of me because the Pontiac show gave the award to an AMC. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's uh it's getting old and i i'm really being hesitant to get a paint job the last quote i had was sixteen thousand dollars <laughs> is it gold plated wow <laughs> no no that's just how much they want to strip them to the oh, to the metal God. and repaint them so i don't know when that'll happen I'm getting, as we speak, the clutch replaced of a car. I will spare everyone the details of it, but yes, this stuff can add up. <laughs> how long have you had? How long have you had the old javelin? About six years. I bought it from a gentleman in the neighborhood. I went looking for a car when I got to be 60, 
67 or 66, 60, 65. When I turn 65, I'm thinking about retirement. I'm still here. I haven't retired yet, but I'm going to. I, do, I think I recall the first time I met you, <laughs> I, I got the impression you were in the home stretch. So I'm a little surprised we're doing this interview. The, the end keeps moving out farther away from me. <laughs> and Anyway, go ahead. I found it there about four blocks from home. Oh, nice. And so the Javelin, uh, obscure, you know, to say the least, they don't even, I mean, the Gordon, the younger listeners, we're going to have to do some right. Googling. What is, they, AMC is Absolutely. a movie theater for them. <laughs> but yeah. uh, American um, Motors Corporation yes. used to be Rambler, Nash, and Hudson. They oh, yes. joined forces in the 50s, mm -hmm. became American Motors, and were called Ramblers for the first little bit, and then they became American Motors, and then 74 was the last year they made a Javelin. And helmed by Romney the senior, as I recall. I think that's correct, man. I don't recall. I was not there, but that is what I've heard. <laughs> okay. And then so I think I got off track here. So, but so the javelin is that like a car you uh, it you know it caught your eye as a youth, or were you just going for something uh, kind of obscure? Fair question. Both answers are correct. Mm -hmm. As as a younger guy, I'm saying 27, 26, 25, somewhere in there. I had two older AMXs. I got to do some explaining here. Between 68 and 70, there was two cars. There was a Javelin and there was an AMX. In mm -hmm. 71, they started falling down the hill. And so they combined the two to save money. So in 71, it became a Javelin slash AMX. So I, it actually is an AMX, but it's the later body style than the first one. I had two of the first ones. Gotcha. I'm no car aficionado, but I know this stuff can get very, very nuanced. And Yeah, um, it's more about, it was the flash that surprised me and the fact that I picked it up from this fellow and uh, I got to be really good friends with him. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting arrangement. He was probably six, seven years my senior, so I was, 65 he was 71 and he just couldn't uh, deal with it anymore so hey i'm there now <laughs> yeah i've seen it i don't think i've seen you driving it but i okay. saw it it's part, been there yeah at the old uh, aforementioned 201 yep it's actually been to tory pines too oh nice well gordon uh it's been really illuminating appreciate you sharing the particulars uh, of your job and helping us learn a bit more about AMC Javelin. Just ask me, I'll tell you. I even show pictures. <laughs> That's my family. That's what I've got pictures of. All right, Mark, hey, you have a great afternoon. Thank you yeah. very much for your time, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.